You are listening to The Recovered Therapist, brought to you by FreshOutOfPlans.com. I'm Jeannie Griffin, and I'll be your host. Instead of focusing on labels, diagnoses, and psychobabble, we keep things honest, simple, and hopeful so that you can grow personally and spiritually. Thank you for joining me. I want to share with you kind of an assessment that I use And I was not taught this in any of my master's level classes for being a psychotherapist. And I didn't learn this in church anywhere. I learned this from a group of people and a community of people that were really down and out. I'm talking about the members of Alcoholics Anonymous, who in order to stay alive and not die of an illness, they work steps. And what I mean by that is that they read this book and follow directions of the book. So I want to take a phrase that has three situations in it, and let's examine it, and then you can apply it to your own life. It's discussing when we are hurt and when we hurt others. So it gives three possibilities. First, we hurt people and they retaliate. That's case number one. Have you ever done that? Have you ever hurt somebody and then they turn around and hurt you back? Well, I have. And if you're honest with yourself, you have too. And that's a fairly easy one to see. If somebody gets, if you get hurt by somebody, it's kind of like, okay, is this karma? Where did you hurt them? And is this retaliation? And it may be. may not be, but still it may be. So let's look at the second case. So if you're hurt, look at it. And the second case may be, sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation. So that means you're walking down the street, minding your own business, and they're not having a good day, and they hurt you just deliberately because they're going to take it out on you. Has that ever happened to you? Sure. You're doing fine, and somebody has a bad day, and they... kind of snarky with you, of course. So those are fairly clear-cut. But the third case is the real clincher. In that situation, case number three, the book suggests, but invariably we find that we have made decisions based on self that later put us in a position to be hurt. Let me say that again. That we have made decisions based on self that later put us in a position to be hurt. So, next time you're hurt about something or someone has hurt your feelings, ask yourself, case number one, did I hurt them and this is just payback? No, that's not, that doesn't apply here. Okay. Number two, they just having a bad day and kind of like a dog that, you know, is got a hip that hurts and turns around and bites you? Okay, well, that may not apply. All right, but if you're hurt, what decision did you make based on your own self or selfishness that put you in that position to be hurt? Now, that's hard because when you're hurt, you want to blame somebody else and you want to be the victim and how you're just sweet as can be and it's all their fault. But let me give you an example of what I mean. Okay, so let's say the you want a certain thing to happen and you're 
kind of controlling. And the family begins to revolt. And they don't want to do it that way. They don't want to... And, and your feelings get hurt. And so it's easy for you to come to the conclusion that, oh, they're uncooperative. They really don't appreciate me. They're selfish. They're there, there. Because you're looking out there. But what decision did you make based on self that put you in that position to get hurt? All right, I'll tattle on myself. So... One Christmas, or really it was between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I was making myself miserable. I always used to get sick at Christmas because I would make myself miserable between Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, working too hard, not at a job outside of my home, but a job at decorating the house and making things and making pies and all this big long list of stuff I had to do. And so in doing that, it drove my family nuts and then I concluded that oh you just don't want to cooperate and you know you don't appreciate it and blah 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 and when I was invited to take a look at that I was horrified because I had made decisions out of my own selfishness that put me in that position to be hurt and these decisions were things like We will have the perfect Hallmark Christmas. We will have the Norman Rockwell Thanksgiving and Christmas. We will be a happy family. I will give my child the perfect marriage, the perfect mother, the perfect father, the perfect scene. I will give her the father I didn't have. Now, Initially, I didn't know that's what I was doing. I was just driving the whole family crazy with my list of things to do. It never occurred to me to look at these people and say, Hey, what do y'all want to do for Christmas? Hey, do you want a turkey at Thanksgiving? Or would you like nachos or tacos or, you know, sauerkraut? Or what would you like? Because I didn't realize I had this idea in my head that was based on my own wants and my own needs. And I was, by God, going to make sure that the outside scene matched the scene in my head. And then I would wonder why I was so sad. So what decisions did you make based on yourself that put you in that position to be hurt? And the good news is, when you decide, oh my gosh, this is what I've been doing, you can make a decision to change, to stop doing it, to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize what I was doing and how disrespectful it was of me. It took me a long time working a 12-step program to see that one of the things I did was to hand people a script and say, all right, here, now if you follow this script and you behave, then we'll all be happy. How horrifying it was when I discovered that I was so disrespectful because I wanted to recreate unfinished business in my life and get it right this time. Now, the second thing that is so valuable in the 12-step program is not only their program is outlined in that book, in the literature, but also the fellowship, the community of people who love you 
but at the same time invite you to see your part in this thing. And some of your unhappiness has to do with your own ideas, your own actions, and how to make changes so that you can live in peace and joy and stop living in chaos and pain and hurt and disappointment. The 12-step program today is not as popular as it was because I don't think people want to look at themselves. I'm not sure that anybody in AA would want to unless they had to because they have a disease that's killing them. But it has to have worked somewhere. It's worked for 85 years for the people in Alcoholics Anonymous. And there are so many programs that have borrowed those steps and rewritten their own literature to work those same steps of self-examination. People who work a 12-step program live very bravely. They really assess and take an honest look at themselves. And they have people who love them who will tell them, you know, I don't think you're being honest with yourself. Or let's take a look at that. The day I realized that a lot of what I did out of kindness, loving, and caring wasn't kindness and loving and caring. It was me wanting to get my way. And if other people would just shut up and follow what I tell them to do, we'd all be happy. Wow, was I wrong. If you're not happy, be willing to take a look. And I'm not talking about sitting in therapy for the next 437 years studying your navel. I'm talking about really with somebody taking an honest look at your part in things that are making you unhappy. And then where do you need to go make amends? And where do you want to change so that you can be happy? It's possible. I live a happy life. It never occurred to me that I was contributing to my own unhappiness. I hope you're having a good day. Thank you for listening to The Recovered Therapist, where we keep topics honest, simple, and hopeful. I love you. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Until next time.